Hey, hope you're doing well today. Uh, TJ and I are in the studio, and we're going to have a segment today on uh, the Holy Hex Prayer. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's been making the rounds online. This is actually kind of old news at this point, but uh, I've been really busy, and actually TJ is going to take lead today. Uh, before we get into it, just um, want to say thanks for all your support for Plain Spoken. This has been a lot of fun. Um, we're coming up on 1,700 subscribers on YouTube. For some reason, Facebook lags far behind. We're at like 400, not even. Um, but then, uh, of course, you can always find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So uh, we try and put ourselves out there for everybody who's interested in this larger conversation of um, the theological drift within the Methodist movement and our current cultural moment in America. Um, I, I really appreciate all the, the emails and, and uh, attaboys and critiques that I get from day to day. You can always email me at plainspokenpod at gmail.com. I can't promise that I'm going to respond. Uh, we're getting a lot of emails nowadays, but I, I love the audience engagement. I love all the comments and um, repostings and subscriptions that we're getting, so thanks for all the support. Um, so we're going to be talking about an event that took place in East Ohio. We've already talked about them in the context of Struthers United Methodist Church, which was closed against its will. Um, if you haven't seen that reporting, it really is an interesting story that I'm glad that we told. Um, that congregation is doing fine. I've checked in with the, uh, the, the pastor there since they've moved along. But even so, we've, we've had this question about what is going to happen in that annual conference now that there does seem to be a, a systematic attempt to remove conservatives from their assets. And so uh, in, in the case of Struthers United Methodist, they uh, provided this framework called Conversations at the Cross where they would do this kind of um, um, uh, process to try and demonstrate some churches are just not vital, they're just not doing the work. Struthers actually was a terrible church to try that on because they were quite active and doing a lot for the community. But anyway, this is just to create a paper trail that eventually could be used against a local church to deprive them of their building and assets. So again, go back and watch that if you haven't already. Um, I was curious about how they would do at this last annual conference that they had, which they had, it was last week, it was what, the 9th to the 12th, was that it? It's the 8th to the 11th, I believe. Okay, well, that's my memory 8th to the 10th, sorry. Eight, so, nine, just eight, so eight. we understand what the dynamics of Ohio are, in contrast to other annual conferences, they are a middling um, conference. When you look at the number of churches at the close of 20, or yeah, 2021, I did not get their updated figures that were submitted at, at conference last week. I'll, I'll put it in as soon as I can. But they had 679 churches. That's, that's pretty much in the middle of the pack uh, so far as number of churches, and then also with attendance um, at the end of 2021, uh, almost 29,000 uh, weekly in attendance. They saw a huge uh, decline in those three years from 2019 to 2021, but so did everybody else, so their rate of decline was pretty much normal. Um, I don't really, I don't know why I have membership on this spreadsheet because I don't think it really corresponds with much. Um, but the interesting thing that happened last week whenever they got together was that they approved the disaffiliations of 237 churches, which is almost, well, it's a third of their annual conference, uh, essentially. 36%. Yeah, well, 36% that Depending I have on, on whenever here. you... Yeah, the, well, if you include last year's numbers as well, then it's, yeah, well over 36%. Um, they have Bishop Tracy Smith Malone, um, and I don't know much about her. Um, she's 
Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure she sits on a uh, general commission on race and religion. I could be wrong on that. Um, she is pretty far left whenever you spoke, when we spoke with the, the pastor at Struthers, he was very clear. She and her DS were just super far left. They could not care less about conservatives. Um, I think that's really, there. I had uh, names of a couple churches that were disaffiliating that were of some size, but that's really about all that I know. She, um, sorry, she's the, she's currently the president of the General Commission on the Status of, and Role of Women. Cosro, okay, very good. Yeah, I get those two confused, and uh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Um, so the, the pre- presenting issue here is this prayer that was said, I, uh, I've only seen a fraction of it. Um, TJ's got four minutes and change from this prayer. Uh, the pastor is Derek Kubilis. We might say his last name like 40 different ways. I've listened to it I don't know how many times at this point, and I'm still going to butcher it. We tried to... Uh, TJ was helping me get clear on who this guy was. I've never heard of him before. He's wearing a collar, which can mean a, a few different things. He's part of the Order of St. Luke's, which seems to be very focused on the Eucharist, Lord's Supper. Um, Baptism. Huh? Just the the uh, baptism. Um, I'm, okay, the sacraments. sacraments they're they're a high yes. high sacramental order. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's just go ahead and, and listen to it, and then I will uh, probably stop along the way and ask questions. Well, before or, you do that, I just okay. want to like give give kind of a like where this is at. This is oh, right, right before um, they're getting ready to to uh, to vote on disaffiliation of the church. So this is Thursday morning, I believe. It, mm, yeah, I think it's Thursday morning. So this this was not after the disaffiliation. No, this, this was before. before. Yes, sure. this was okay. before they voted. Um, so he gets up, and they, you know they've got everybody. They've got certain people that uh, um, they pick out to come up and do prayers. So he's he's one of them. Um, the bishop doesn't know what the prayer is. They don't know what the prayer is beforehand. It's it's from what I can gather. So he's coming up there to uh, to pray on this, and then they're going to vote on disaffiliation. So let's uh, go ahead and go into it. Exciting. All right, here we are. May the Lord be with you. And also with you, Derek. Let us pray. Holy God, it is only because you have gathered us together that we can now stand before you. It is only because you have reconciled the world to yourself through your Son, Jesus Christ, that you have given us, the people called Methodist in East Ohio, his ministry of reconciliation, that we might be his hands and feet in the world, and that the world might come to know him by witnessing our love for one another. Yet we confess we stand here divided, disunited, discouraged, disillusioned, and about to be disaffiliated. We dare not ask you, O God, to bless this work of disaffiliation that we are all about to do, no more than we would ask you to bless a work of idolatry or fornication. Breaking up the church is dirty business, O oh God, and we will not pretend otherwise. So the irony of this so far is um, 
with the LGBTQ argumentation, a lot of the time there's the the entertaining of, okay, how do we treat this sin as opposed to other sins? So a lot of times the conversation goes, okay, well, you're okay with gay stuff. What about bestiality? And the immediate response is, how dare you compare this to bestiality, right? Right. And so, but here's exactly what he has done is there are those who want to disaffiliate, and this is a sin, this is akin to the sin of adultery, and what was the other one? Fornication. 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 Uh, yeah, I think that's the only one. So just comparing it to sexual sin. Yeah. Okay, this disaffiliation is akin to a sexual sin. Okay, very good. For truly, as St. Paul said, we know not what we do. For what we want to do, we do not do, and we do the evil that we do not want to do. And so we can only throw ourselves at the foot of your cross and beg your forgiveness once again, knowing that you will bless us whatever we do in our churches, in our denominations, in all the ministries that we carry forth will have the guidance of your Holy Spirit. But before we go and do what we're going to do, since we won't ask you to bless the disaffiliation itself, then I guess we need to ask you to put a holy hex on it, God. So that's, that's the key moment right there, and if you don't yeah. know what a hex is, it's... It's a curse. Is there any difference between a hex and a curse? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're basically the same. Okay. There's just a different word. So so far, he's saying it's a sin. We don't know what we're doing. We don't want to do evil, but we're doing it anyway. We can't ask you to bless it, so yeah. we ask you to curse it. Yeah, he's you. You don't want to do that. We don't want to do this. Don't bless it. Which I mean, in and of itself, is kind of um, vindictive, I guess. But I mean. In his eyes, he's not going to. He sees it as uh, um, something you don't want to bless. So why would you bless it? So he's going to call curses down upon it. Um, Let's see how much further he goes with this. In the days and weeks and years ahead, you would wilt the seed of disunity we plant here today. I'm hearing voices oh, in the yeah, background. No, people are vocally objecting to it. Um, I think somebody yelled out of order. Um, at one point is what I read. I hear it for sure. Was it wasn't clear on the live stream? Wow, good for you guys. All right, that you would shrivel and melt away all our angst, all our frustration, all our devout desire for division, and we would walk from this place with a holy thorn in our side, pricking us day and night until we finally reach that glorious reconciliation of all things under Christ Jesus, or dare we hope until some fateful day on this side of the Jordan, when all the broken brethren of John and Charles will once again join hands, and this world will know we are Christians, not by our schism, not by our judgment, not by our condemnation of one another, but by our love for all your people. In the name of Christ, the conqueror of hell, the one who always saves us 
from ourselves. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Derek, for your prayer. Okay, that's it. I just wanted to just acknowledge that the bishop said, hey, thank you for your shoot. Yeah. After, okay. So. All right. Well, you know, so the two reactions I have, I think, are one is it just seems really disingenuous to be upset at disaffiliation when you haven't been upset at the broken covenant for the decades leading up to here. Like, and I, I'm not going to pretend to know Kubilis. Maybe he has been publicly raising Cain about, um, uh, liberals in the church not abiding by the book of discipline. Yeah, I watched a couple of his uh, sermons, and he just—I mean, he went, he went to school at Duke Divinity, um, okay. which, uh, if if you remember, that's the one where they were praying to plants or some such nonsense. No, they they remember. had a worship of the queer god there. Um, so, so, okay, yeah, that was that was that one. Maybe that was Union Theological Seminary. Never mind. I'm I'm thinking. Well, they might worship plants different. at Duke too. I really don't well, know. Hey, it was Duke a big, grads. Fence taken, good. <laughs> you should yeah. be appalled at what Duke is doing. I knew they did something, and it was the queer god thing. You're yeah. right. That's that's what it was. Okay, so so firstly, um, yes, unity is a Christian virtue, absolutely. But whenever you're not willing to protect the unity by insisting on doctrinal fidelity, then this is what happens. This is the natural outgrowth of that. And indeed, like it just seems so strange to be Protestants and then to take offense to someone for conscience reason leaving. Like, if, if you are that sure that it is wrong to leave, you need to go to the Eastern Orthodox or Roman Catholic Church, because you, what is your grounding for condemning such things when you stand on a foundation built on people who left for conscience's sake? It, it's just, it seems like a, like a, a ridiculous position to take. So that's my first reaction. My second reaction is, I, I, I do think we, I mean, so plain spoken, all cards on the table, I want to be a force for bringing the Wesleyan movements back together. I, I, I want to be a voice for advocating for that. I, I'm, I'm intentionally interviewing people from other denominations to try and help us coalesce around common doctrine, common practice. I, I want, I, I very much intersect with his desire for a unified Methodist movement. Um, my objection and, and sincere, like, I do not think the liberal progressive voice is a helpful voice in that. I do not think that they should have a place at the table. All these other Wesleyan tribes I, I think should, and I, I want to advocate for that. But the reason we're seeing this is because we invited voices in that hate hate us and what we're about. And so it's just it seems like a very silly prayer. We'll come back to the hex thing maybe, but what what do you think? What what I mean, he's obviously trying to be really like eloquent um, and and uh, wordy. I mean, you can see the he did the uh, work of been getting ready to disaffiliate or disillusion. Dis, dis, yeah, dis. yeah, he's yeah. doing that thing. So he's like, I see where he's what he's trying to do, and he just used this unfortunate word that happens to be associated with with witchcraft. Um, and people picked up on that that word. Yeah, um, yeah. You and I were talking. Does he is this guy like a D and D person? Like, what? Yeah, why yeah, use yeah. this hex word rather yeah. than curse or uh, imprecation? I don't know. Yeah, I would be curious if if to uh, if people would be as upset if he used a different word. So if he's going to say, um, we we don't we don't bless this, we curse this disaffiliation. Yeah. If they would, that's be that's at as least upset. a biblical word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so but hex is is pretty much yeah associated with witchcraft witchcraft yeah. yeah and it seems like that's a lot of people got upset more at the word rather than the 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 thought behind it which i ah. i mean i'm not condoning like if you're going to call curses down upon disaffiliation that's that's i feel like the the underlying theme there is more problematic than the word i don't you can use whatever word you want it's the same thing it's the the problem um that's underlying that that's the issue not yeah. the word yeah yeah it, it's mm. It's been really weird, and of course, he's not cursing disaffiliators. He's cursing the disaffiliation the process. Of, yeah, breaking up the church, which is what he says. Yeah. So, but to act as—I mean, I'm not offended necessarily that someone is calling down imprecation upon actions. I mean, uh, something like a third of the Psalms have a tone of imprecation. You know, break out the teeth of the young lions. You know, this is this this has a biblical precedent. But the thing is, when you're when you're of the mind that we all belong together, mm-hmm. then yeah, I guess it turns on: is he condemning people in churches, or is he condemning an action? And yeah, it's it's the action he's comparing it to sexual sin. Yeah, yeah. So that's weird, man. Yeah. So the um, after that, uh, he gets or the the bishop responds. So this is this is Thursday the eighth. So he he does the prayer. They have some more business they go through, and then she comes back because she's heard about people being upset about this. Sure. So you could hear they vocally objected to it. Yeah. Um. So she gets up and she apologizes, which is our second clip. Um, okay. Her addressing that. So let's go into that. Okay. As we begin this afternoon session. I want to acknowledge that there was harm felt, harm felt by the use of the word hex the use of the word. in Derek's prayer in our last session. I must confess that I too was caught off guard by the use of the word and in that moment I had no words to address it. But I think it's a good thing sometimes when you experience something, when you feel something, you give distance between what you hear and what you feel so that you can make sure that how you respond to it is in a way that will be helpful and not further harmful. Now, after spending some time over lunch, reflecting on that moment, I want to say to the body that I do not endorse the word hex. There is a leadership team that identify persons to offer prayers throughout our time of holy conferencing. And it is the intent of these prayers to draw us closer to the heart of God as we do the work of holy conferencing. The laity and clergy who offer the prayers, they prepare their own prayers. I want you to know that I had a conversation with Derek and he wants you to know that it was not his intent to cause any harm. It is my hope 
that despite the strong language that we as a body are able to receive the intent and the blessing of the prayer. I wanted to address this with the body so that we can receive these words so that we will know what the intent was and I wanted to acknowledge the harm that was felt. Amen. I, I wasn't paying the best of attention. I'm looking for a Gresham Machen quote. Um, but what I heard her say was there were people who felt harm. It's yeah, always interesting whatever. Whole... Yeah, the harm, the do no harm principle. Well, it's the, the words are causing harm and uh, they're, I don't know, it, it eventually goes in the words or violence kind of thing that I just roll my eyes at every time. She Again, she objected to the use of the word hex and she doesn't condone the use of the word hex. Like, okay, we're not talking, we, yes, the word is problematic, but it's the intention behind it that I think is the issue. Like, I could care less what words you use. Yeah, it seems weird. But well, it... it uh... Uh-huh. Okay, at one point she says, and this is good, and uh, so I'm thinking she's saying that this that is good is the fact that she didn't immediately know how to respond. She says, I was taken aback by it. I didn't know how to respond. This is good. It gives time to reflect and think about it. And Yeah, well, she's upon- just saying, like, you don't just automatically respond to it in the moment because if you do that without thinking about it generally, it's going to um, – it could cause something – worse than what what it was like I you don't respond out of anger uh emotion which is ironic coming from um somebody so (laughs) theologically liberal yeah yeah well and the position that 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 leadership is in is when you have a conservative contingent that has taken offense and says words are harmful we're harmed by this and then liberals who do the same thing um, of course, you say, okay, these liberal people actually are harmed by these words, but the conservatives felt harm by this word, but actually this was an opportunity for us to think through stuff or something. But in the end, she does kind of come down against the use of the word, but not against the overall sentiment of the prayer. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I gathered from it. She's more objecting to the use of the word rather than uh, uh, the issue of... Um, uh, Cursing disaffiliation, um, not blessing these people as they go onto their okay. their new uh, assignments or or whatever with another denomination. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. which is, I feel like more insulting than somebody using hex. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Um, okay. So then the final clip we have is from the next day. So yeah, the uh, the third clip is going to be um, Derek's actual apology. So he gets up on the floor the next morning on Friday the ninth um, and actually apologizes to the uh, the the uh, body of believers. Um, okay. So this is his uh, point of privilege, I guess, is what uh, the official term is. Let's see how he does. At this time, I want to call on Derek Kubelis, 
to microphone number one for a moment of privilege. Brothers, sisters, and siblings of East Ohio, I stand... I have to say something about the hat. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I, I don't know. I don't think that's a clerical hat. I it's think not that's, a Methodist thing. I think that's a, what, what's that kind of hat that uh, Samuel, the Baker's. I feel like it's a Baker's hat. I feel like it's one of those. Um, oh heck, what is it? Samuel L. Jackson used to wear them all the time. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a worldly vestment. But I, so he's obviously he's he's wearing this robe. And collar again. Well, yeah, I think that's the same row. I think that that symbol on the on the, uh, that's the left hand sleeve. Yeah, the yeah, order okay. of Saint Luke. So but he's, he that's also, where the vicar. Did we did we say that he, he's yeah, a vicar? Yeah, he's a vicar. That's what he calls himself. Right. That's the title he has chosen for himself. Which is some order of Saint Luke's thing. Oh, um, is it? Yeah, that's that's, that's a rank. Where, I guess so. Okay. Is that uh, he, apparently, it came from the he Anglican has achieved Church. The rank vicar from which the order of Saint. So he came out of the Anglican tradition, really. No, I think he's always been a Methodist. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's just where the vicar thing comes from. Is, okay, sure. That is title. what I read, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I could be completely wrong but on that, but... Uh, also, something else you found on this guy. I don't know if this is interesting to anybody. He has a podcast. What's the title? Had. It's... Uh, oh, he's not doing it no more? Yeah, no. The last thing he did was from uh, 2022, March. That's Crossover Q. And he's all about... Uh, dogging on the QAnon yeah. conspiracy theory, which, you know, is like a... It, it's it's a code. He's he's signaling where he is in the whole culture war thing. Yeah. So he did he did uh, looks like nine episodes of that before he he quits um, okay. and actually got himself on uh, sixty minutes. So he's on the sixty minutes episode talking we, about QAnon that they did. You guys so. in East Ohio, you didn't understand. You had a celebrity praying for yeah. you. I, I'm just gonna have the hardest time paying attention to his words here because the hat. But I'll, I'll get over it. Here today in need of your forgiveness. Yesterday, in praying for this body, out of a misguided attempt to be eloquent and rhetorically powerful, I reached back and found an odd word, a word from the occult tradition. And in doing so, I hurt some who are here. If you were scandalized by my use of that word, I am sorrowful that I caused such an offense. Specifically, I want to apologize to those who have close ties to the charismatic and holiness traditions. For I now understand better how the use of a word with such dark associations in a Christian context would be deeply offensive and perhaps even frightening. It was certainly not my intent to cause fear, and I am sorry. I also want to apologize publicly to Bishop Malone, did anybody so is the thing he's alleging here that just use of the word hex caused people to like tremble in fear? Yeah, it was offensive. Which I could I, I would give more credence to the offensive thing than it caused harm. I don't know, whenever I hear or fear, like I'm trying to imagine. Yeah, I guess like, that makes sense. He just more. said the word hex, I am afraid. Yeah. 
it's again, it's the the more people are upset with the use of the word, and I don't know if he's just if how's he connecting actually, this? He, he he named the charismatic tradition. How's yeah, this connected to charismatic? I have no idea. I, okay. I didn't know what he was getting at there. Obviously, he's got some kind of other. Uh, uh, I think his wife is like a. Uh, she's got a. Uh, masters in history, church history or something. So I don't know if it's something from, from that. If you listen to his podcast, he really gets into church history. So I don't know if there's some kind of historical aspect that he's alluding to that I don't understand. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I went to a Pentecostal, um, Bible college. Y'all weren't calling down hexes all yeah, the time. No, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Pentecostal. Forgive me for, <laughs> but I went to like, but I don't, I don't know where he's getting at. Yeah, he's, he's, at he's tying Hex somehow to the charismatic tradition. Yeah, okay, well, so, all right, let's finish it. And Reverend Randy May for causing such a regrettable distraction during a sensitive moment in our life together. They have done such good work. And I regret anything that may have made that work more difficult. Finally, I wish to apologize to everyone here because my use of that word did serve as a terrible distraction. It distracted us from the spirit of that which I was trying to pray that which I intended to serve as a lament and a plea for God to subvert all our attempts to put asunder that which Christ has joined together. Thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you, Derek. Tattoo on the back of his for hand. That which Christ has yeah, joined I don't know what together. What is that? It's like a sun. Enhance. Can I enhance? Nope. Can't do that. That is an interesting thing. Okay. Well, he's an interesting guy, Mr. Kabilis, uh, excuse me, Vicar. Um, interesting guy. <laughs> I yeah. I don't so, know if I have anything to say to Mr. Kabilis. The um, hat? Is it a, a, a Brett? Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah, it looked like it. Okay, so the, here's the meme I was looking for. Chorus in the Chaos posted this earlier today. Quote from Jay Gresham Machen, it is not schism to break away from an apostate church. And of course, once you bring that word apostate out, you are fighting dirty. But essentially the notion, um, I, I was looking at a, a post yesterday from Stephen Rankin, who's in the Great Plains Annual Conference, and he was describing how um, in his conference, now that conservatives have left, um, the the presupposed anthropology has completely shifted in his annual conference from one in which it's, uh, it's, it's a conversation as to whether or not human sexuality can be one of those things that has fallen under um, human sin. Now the presupposition is just not that, that, that the anthropology is completely different. And yet he's saying, I think we're all still Christians. But for me and others, uh, we ask that question of, on what basis do we say we're all still Christians whenever a, a very fundamental building block of the faith, which is our understanding of ourselves, is fundamentally different? Yeah, well, at what point do you have a different gospel? Right. Which Paul blatantly says, if, if I or an angel even bring a different gospel um, to you, let them be cursed. Right, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of calling down curses, right, yeah. very good, yeah. So it's so... it's. 
I, I'll say it's genuinely distressing to me that so many people lack this discernment, especially like when we have this common knowledge of uh, the, the Protestant Reformation, and we laud that history as leaving a corrupt church for insisting on the true gospel. Here I stand, I can do no other. Like, this is all very familiar to us. And then we, it's like we don't comprehend once it comes to our tribe that that, that could ever even be a possibility. Right. And so you have like the Order of St. Luke's, uh, maybe it's not right to make the whole order represented by Kubilis. Maybe it is. But if the notion is that as long as we stay together, we're doing what Jesus has told us to well, do. Well, they're not only Methodists. They're all kinds of different denominations. Huh. They, I guess they were originally founded by Methodists. Um, but okay. They, they point out on their website that uh, they're multiple. It's like the walk to Emmaus started with the United um, Methodist Church, but then they, they intentionally try and blur the lines between them and other denominations. Right, yeah. so. Which, if they are orthodox in their doctrine, is a great thing to do. But if they have a subversive element to them, then that's like how the evil one acts, you know. So I don't think they get too much into doctrine and stuff. Yeah, like that. well, they the just, impression I get really is, big on the I mean, there's always doctrine in everything you do, in anything sure. that is done. There is theology. So if the undergirding theology is as long as you have the sacraments of baptism and communion, and you stay together, you're the church. I don't think that that can be. I mean, that, that just obvious, in a very self-evident way does not fit with biblical concerns for holiness because you are going to have people who try and participate in those communities and yet don't value holiness, uh, not in a biblically recognizable sense. And if you lack the integrity to remove from those bodies people who don't have a concern for holiness, then yeah, somewhere along the line, other people are going to leave. And if you're cursing them on the way out the door, that's just so disingenuous. So that's that's the overall feeling I've got here is here you had you know the United Methodist Church has been given hundreds now of large public uh, opportunities to question whether or not they have comported themselves with honor and integrity and rather than self-reflect and go hey we've really been crappy the way that we've taken things over and not listened to the voices of grassroots members we've used their dollars against them we participated in the culture war against them. There's none of that. I don't see any of that. I've not heard a single voice on the left go, we really have been crappy. Like, I totally understand why they want to leave, and now they're within their rights to leave. We should let them go. Uh, I'm, I'm distressed. I, it's so strange to me that there don't seem to be any voices like that on the left. I just think it's just got to be partisanship, right? Like, this is my tribe. We did it. We're the good guys. We have nothing to apologize for. Yeah, no, they definitely see themselves as the, on the right side of history. Yeah. Which is... But then there's also, like, you can be on the right side of history and still insist on righteousness all the way through and then decry um, bad behavior. So, like, that's—I see myself as on God's side who determines the right side of history, but I'm clear me and mine cannot behave badly. So I'm appalled whenever I hear of conservatives behaving immorally to achieve a certain end. You know, to me, the ends don't justify the means. You know, the means have to be righteous and the ends have to be righteous. So it's distressing to me that there don't seem to be people like that on the left who have the integrity to say, okay, I think we're on the right side of history, but we're going about it the wrong way. We really should let Africans have more representation. We really shouldn't be um, adopting these resolutions that fly in the face of uh, our, our culture since inception, you know. 
And so the, the, the lack, if you're going to talk about lack of integrity, that's where I'm at. You know, I, I can't take these left-leaning voices seriously because they don't, I can't think of a single left-leaning voice that has that kind of integrity to say, we really have gone about it in a crappy way, and I totally understand people want to leave. And until they can say something like that, I really do think, I do think there is demonic hexing stuff uh, spiritual warfare going on in the United Methodist Church that even though they might have the lexicon in their Bibles, they do not have the framework to even comprehend that they are behaving in a way that is evil. Um, so that's, I'm glad we got out, you know, but I'm really distressed that there are people left behind who know that something's off, but the, and they've had all this time to think about it and contemplate it and put names to it, and in the end they're just going, he shouldn't have used the word hex. That is not the problem. Um, so that's just a way of, uh, yeah, he, he was right that it was a distraction. It wasn't a distraction from an overall good point he had. It was a distraction from a sober assessment of the situation that is needed. Yeah. Um, and one other thing I wanted to say about his apology, um, it does kind of sound like he's like coming off as disingenuous the way he talks. That's yeah. just the way he talks. I listened to a couple of his, uh, his podcasts and a couple of his sermons. He's the pastor of Ashland First. United yeah. Methodist Church in East Ohio, um, and that's just the way he talks. He talks I, that way all the time. All the time. Some people are just weird, man. You know, like for me, if I tried to talk that way, I'd be so tired after a bit. But you know, he's just he's just a little extra dramatic, and trying to be. There are a lot of pastors that are yeah. like that. I've I've known a lot of pastors over the years. We're weird. I'm I'm weird too. <laughs> so, yeah. not in that way. Anyway, Kabilis, I'm sure you've taken a lot of crap. You seem like a well-intentioned guy, but I, I do wish that uh, there were more voices that were helping to assess the situation better. Yes, division is bad, but um, in this case, I mean, what did you guys expect? So anyway, we're hopefully going to sit down again soon and, and do something on eastern Pennsylvania because they had some other interesting... Some guy got grabbed by the throat. I still don't know the particulars of that. But we'll get down to the bottom of that. If you uh, if you enjoyed this, found it helpful, feel free to send it to somebody, share it, like it, subscribe. We'll see you later.